The following audio drama is rated PG-13 and may include coarse language, sexual references, and violence. Parental guidance is recommended. Children under the age of 13 should listen with an adult. Hi, this is Kat O'Connor of Burning Bridged Media, producer of Synesthesia Theater, an audio drama anthology podcast. This is episode one of our first season, Iron Horses Can't Be Broken, a steampunk western adventure. To hear the rest of season one, look for Synesthesia Theater on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, or at burningbridget.com. And check out our second season, Cold Reboot, a cyberpunk thriller coming this fall. Thanks for listening. Run. You're back early. Lodoque. When is it? A telegram. From Parker. It's Florence. Your sister, is she? She's getting married. To Luther. No, it gets worse. What? It's my brother. She's invited him to the wedding. Damn. 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 What are we going to do? Same thing we always do. Survive. Burning Bridget Media presents... Synesthesia Theater. Iron Horses Can't Be Broken. Episode 1. Have a seat. Thank you. Here, I'll take your hat. Oh, ah, yes. Thank you. So what are we after today, sir? Oh, just a trim and a shave, please. I feel positively ragged. Can do, Mr... Bartleby. Hmm. Are you here for the wedding? What? Oh, no, I'm just visiting. Mm Mm-hmm. From England. My wife booked his passage here for your springs. My springs? Ridgeview's springs. Said to have medicinal properties. Old folks like to soak in them. Helps with the rheumatoid, but I don't know from medicinal. Well, you know how these things spread. And hot springs are supposedly very restorative. Can't say I'd know about that. Oh. Oh. Do they not let you... Uh, I'm not one for high temperatures. Ah. (laughs) And here I am, living in Arizona. But to come all this way from England for some springs, you must be a powerful sick. Just an injury. Nothing contagious. Nothing like that. Hmm. Good heavens. What's that? This? Tenebrous Green's patented automatic men's hair clippers. Cuts just as fine in half the time. So safe a baby can use them. And you would be Mr. Green, then? No, no. I'm just Parker. Not an inventor, just a barber. Sometimes I help out over at the pharmacy. Ordered this out of the Sears catalog. Some of my regulars, they insist upon nothing but the newest and most advanced hoosies, and keeping them happy is my business. I see. You don't seem so happy, though. You seem like the kind of man who might appreciate something a bit more traditional. Oh, yes, please. Standard clippers will be just fine. You got it. And a shave, right? 
Yes, please. Oh, and it's not because I'm a Luddite. I have no problem with technology properly deployed. Why, one of my best friends is an engineer. That effect. It's just that you Americans seem so... enthusiastic with your technological innovations. The biggest airships, faster and faster galvanic locomotives. <laughs> Where does it all end? <laughs> Can't stop progress, Mr. Bartleby. Pneumatic chair. Can't do anything about that, Mr. Bartleby. A chair I can handle. Uh, Mr. Bartleby? Yes? Well, I get two sorts in here. Folks that'll jaw your ear off and uh, folks who sit in a stony silence. I suppose I fall somewhere in the middle. No, you're a third sort. I can see it on your face plain as day you want to say something. You just say... I'm normally quite erudite, I assure you. I'm just not... I'm just not used to dealing with your... People like you. Don't they got barbers back in England? No, I, I mean people of your... Ethnic persuasion. Well, don't they got black folk back in England? Oh, no, no, we do. But the context is entirely different. Context, huh? Yes, yes, with your... War between the states and all. Mr. Bartleby, you do realize that war ended when my grandpappy was a child? No, well, you see, it's simply... I'm not a racialist. I didn't say you were. I'm not, but the context, the situation is much different in England. More enlightened. Enlightened. We like to think so. I suppose many do. So what's on your mind, Mr. Bartleby? I just wanted to make sure you knew I wasn't judging you. You know... For the colour of your skin. Well, I do appreciate that. Nor because you're of the working class. My partner comes from working class background. Not you, though. Well, I'm not one to flaunt. <laughs> do flaunt. My background is aristocratic, yes. Well, Count Bartleby, here in my chair. How about that? You sure you're not here for the wedding, Your Majesty? Don't. <laughs> it's only a baronet. We were very poor growing up. So you see... I know what it's like to be disadvantaged. I'm sure you do, Mr. Bartleby. I'm sure you do. Is it, uh, is it difficult? Well, your hair? No, 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 no. Being, being a, being a coloured person. Is it difficult? I mean, in a place like this, cutting white men's hair, do they mistreat you? I can't complain, Mr. Bartleby. Oh, because they'll beat you. Mr. Bartleby, for the most part, they simply ignore me and go about their business. And trust me, I don't mind. Oh. Good. Here's the mirror. You tell me. Yes. Quite. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Parker. And you wanted to shave as well? Oh, yes, please. Oh, with a standard razor and shave cream, if, if that's an option. Always is, sir. Always is. I'll be with you in a moment. Ma'am? Uh, don't mind me. I'm simply here for my husband. <laughs> Dear, this is Mr. Parker. Just Parker, ma'am. Charmed. No doubt you'll be having him looking civilized again in no time. Wasn't very difficult. We're just about done. Yes. <laughs> well, dear, would you be a dove and settle up with Mr. Parker? I seem to have left my billfold... Back in the hotel room, yes. On the nightstand. I've got it for you here. Excellent. Do pay him from it. I'm feeling a bit faint. Need to lie down. Got to go. 
I suppose you'd best. Do forgive my husband for whatever rudeness you may have suffered. I can assure you that he can occasionally be somewhat charming. Was no trouble. Uh, what do we owe? Uh, 25 cents, ma'am. Uh, American. I'm not sure what that is in British money. Uh, it would be little more than a shilling and a penny. <laughs> uh, unlike my husband, I took it upon myself to acquire appropriate currency. Let me get it from my purse. Well, thank you kindly, ma'am. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. Ma'am? Uh, yes, Mr. Parker? Just Parker, ma'am. Your husband. He was saying... That over in England, that you're more enlightened, that the, that the context of being black isn't so much a detriment. Is that so? Oh, dear. Uh, my husband, Mr. Bartleby, he's not quite the world traveler I am. Please believe me when I say that he means well. But the poor fool isn't entirely aware of his own privilege. The Empire is more than a match for the United States when it comes to inequity. If it seems more nuanced, it's only because we've been at it for far longer and perhaps are a bit more self-congratulatory about our lack of enlightenment. That would be a no, then. I'm afraid so, Mr. Parker. Well, I don't hold it against Mr. Barnaby Nunn, and I do hope the Springs help him with his condition. Oh, we're here for the wedding. Mr. Barnaby, sir, didn't seem to think so. Mr. Bartleby is himself as yet unaware. While we are here to help him recuperate, the trip serves a dual purpose, as I tire of helping him maintain a willful ignorance of his sister's impending nuptials. It sounds complicated. It absolutely is. Well, it has been a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mrs. Bartleby. Uh, Fisk, actually. <laughs> I've retained my own name. Didn't realize they had suffragettes back in England. Oh, we do, but I'm not. Not that I disagree with their aims, necessarily. There are certain business advantages to retaining my father's surname that I am loath to surrender for the sake of adopting my husband's baggage. Oh, uh, that's Mr. Coney. Robert or Luther? The governor. You'll have to excuse me, ma'am. Would you mind heading out the back... Mr. Coning is a mite particular about things like women in men's barbershops. Absolutely not. If we're to be in-laws, I must take the opportunity to meet him. Ma'am? Ma'am? Governor Conning? Mr. Conning? Yeah? Aldor Fisk. We are to be related by marriage, and I sought the opportunity to introduce myself. You're a handsome woman, Miss Fisk. And it isn't that I'm not flattered, but I'm afraid. I've already got a wife and she's all I can handle. <laughs> How charming. No, Mr. Conning, my husband's sister is marrying your brother, Luther. You're married to Florence's brother. Yes, Alton. Sarah's brother. Yes. I see. Is your husband here with you? No, he's resting at our hotel. It was a long trip from London and he's recuperating from an injury. Well... Perhaps I'll drop by to meet the man later. Now, if you'll excuse me, Mrs. Fisk? Of course, Governor Conning. <laughs> I can imagine that you've much to prepare for for your brother's wedding. More so than I thought. Good day. Yes? Alton? Yes. Can I help you? 
You don't recognize me. I'm sorry, no. Have we met? It's Florence. Florence. Florence! Oh. Oh, my word. I didn't recognize you. I was only seven when you sent us away. My God, please, come in. You look surprised to see me. Didn't Aldora tell you? That you were going to meet us here? No, no, she bloody well did not. Of course not. You're here for my wedding. Oh. That's all you've got to say. Terribly sorry. I'm feeling a bit of a shock. Give me a moment to digest the situation. Try digesting an entire new culture. A whole new way of life. How did you know I'd arrived? Your wife and I have been corresponding. She didn't mention anything to me. I was surprised as well, getting the letter from London after so many went unanswered. If I'd have known, You'd I'd... not have come. Pardon? If you'd known. Aldora said you'd not have come if you'd known that Ridgeway was where we settled. Told her to keep it secret so I could see you. So I could look you in the eye when you were forced to face what you'd done to us. To me, to Sarah, to Mother. Mother and Sarah? Are they here? Mother is dead, Alton. Oh. I sent a letter. Must have been one of those you haven't read. I, I've been busy. Rebuilding the family name, rebuilding the family fortune. How did Mother... Poverty killed her. Indignity killed her. She was a washerwoman, Alton, but she never forgot her noble blood. And having to clean the skivvies of factory workers killed her a little every day. She started dying the moment you exiled us. It just took ten years for her heart to finish breaking. No! I... No! I arranged things. I set up a stipend, arranged a wealthy husband for Sarah. You, you are all to be taken care of. I suppose you miss quite a bit when you don't read your mail. No. Sarah's gone. She vanished before the wedding and the groom sued us for breach of contract. So much for your stipend. I didn't know. No, you didn't know. Oh, God, Florence, I didn't know. You didn't want to know. I'm sorry. Don't you apologise. You don't get to apologise. I didn't know. I know. But it is what it is. Now I'm getting married to the brother of the man Sarah left at the altar. The man who's been suing us for a decade. And I've brought you here to see it. Why? It's the only wedding gift I truly desired. Alton, I... Oh. I do hope I'm not intruding. I was just leaving, actually. Much to do for the wedding. Oh, a pleasure to finally meet you, Florence. Likewise. Will the two of you join us for dinner tonight? Should your brother fill up to the occasion. Splendid. I shall look forward to seeing you then. Why did you bring me here? We booked the hotel weeks in advance. Don't be precious. Perhaps I'm simply tired of coddling you, Alton. Coddling me? It grows wearisome. In what possible way have you been coddling me? In what way haven't I? Here's an example. I've been carrying on a three-month correspondence with your sister in secret and essentially had to trick you into attending this wedding simply because you are not mature enough to accept the consequences of your actions. They were ruining the family name. What's more important, dear, the family or the name? <laughs> this, from a fisk. So I know of what I speak. I do not appreciate deception. Not from my wife. Oh, spare me. 
You had to have known something was going on, at least a little. It's impossible to keep a secret from you. Oh, trust me, if I'd known the truth of this matter, I would have made... You what? Hide from what you've done? Gotten drunk and missed our flight? The way you almost missed our wedding? Suddenly had a case come up that was too important to leave London for? I know you all too well, Alton Bartle. I'm too tired to argue. You know why I had to send my mother and sisters away. Why I had my father committed. I know. And I don't necessarily disagree with your decision. I simply think that you need to own up to the consequences of what you've done. Can we just go visit these medicinal springs? Tomorrow. You've got a visitor waiting downstairs in the lobby. Another sibling I've been neglecting? Oh, one you'll be able to neglect all too soon. A brother-in-law-to-be. Luther? Robert. I ran into him after you left the barber. The one my other sister spurned. The one who's been suing Florence into the poorhouse. Splendid! I'd heard it not gone well, but... Uh, Now, dear, be a man about this. I know it doesn't come to you naturally. That was uncalled for. You deserve worse. I know. I fear those chickens have come home to roost. Mr. Bartleby, I presume. Dear, this is Governor Robert Koning. Uh, A pleasure to meet you, sir. I believe we did correspond briefly some time ago on the matter of your sister, sir. Oh, terribly sorry, sir. I cannot express my apologies sincerely enough. I swear I have no idea what could have happened. Let the past lie, Mr. Bartleby. I moved on. Married my Ellen. Have a daughter of my own to look after. Oh, I had feared some ill feelings, given the lawsuit. There was a legal judgment, and it's been abided by, Mr. Bartleby. Trust that this union of our families has wiped clean any stain between us. Most reasonable, Governor Kerning. Call me Robert, Mr. Bartleby. We're not so stingy with our Christian names this side of the Atlantic. Well, Robert, <laughs> we are to be brothers after all. Precisely, Mr. Bartleby. It's Alton. So I've heard. Do you mind if I ask, uh, about Sarah, what precisely happened? It's a long story, and I'm afraid I'm in a bit of a rush. Florence mentioned that she'd be inviting you to dinner with the family. Of course, Robert. I imagine that you're off to deal with preparations for the wedding. We've hired help for that. No, I'll offer some ballooning. Oh, how marvelous. Do you balloon, Mr. Bartleby? Alton. (laughs) I've traveled by airship, of course, but I... Oh, it's nothing of the sort. No crew, no engines, no control, but you, Promethean fire and bags of sand. Well, it, it sounds... Um... Why don't you join me, Mr. Bartleby? Uh, Alton is, sadly, still recovering from an injury. Oh, it's nothing strenuous. Quite invigorating, actually. And it would give us time to uh, acquaint ourselves before dinner. Uh, don't you think you'd best rest, dear? Nonsense, Dove. I would relish the opportunity to go ballooning, Robert. (laughs) It sounds like just the thing I need. Just men and the sky and the ground all laid out below. That's the spirit, Mr. Barley. Alton. Never you fear, Mrs. Fisk. I'll have your husband return to the ground before you know it. Well, you know best your own health, dear. No worries, love. Perhaps you can go up tomorrow while I'm at the springs. Perhaps. All set and decided then? Splendid. Let's off, Mr. Bartleby. 
I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to tweak your nose, dear, but I really need something to regain my sense of agency. Even with something as ridiculous as ballooning? Well, how bad can it be? Sounds relaxing, really. Well, you two enjoy yourselves. Oh, we will, Mrs. Fisk. We will. Iron Horses Can't Be Broken was written by Michael Corlum, produced by Cat O'Connor and Michael Corlum. Audio technicians were Cat O'Connor and Bill Bullock. Our cast in order of appearance. Lottaque played by Deborah Kraft. Sarah Bartleby, played by Cat O'Connor. Parker, played by Bill Bullock. Alton Bartleby, played by James Sparling. Aldora Fisk, played by Song Marshall. Robert Koning, played by C.J. Julianus. Florence Bartleby, played by Amanda Meyer. Synesthesia Theater theme music by Stav Dreeman. Learn more at stavmusic.com. Additional music by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Synesthesia Theater is a Burning Bridge Media production. Questions? Comments? Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash burningbridged or on Twitter at burningbridged. Like this episode? Subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Check out burningbridged.com for more information on this show and about us. There you can join our mailing list for news, announcements, and an exclusive audio drama download. If you like what you hear, please consider clicking on the Support Us button. We'll be your best friend. The Synesthesia Theatre Podcast is copyright 2016. All rights reserved. <laughs>